Hey girl, you're listening to the For The Girl podcast, the podcast designed for you. Join Mac and Ken's as they cover all the hard topics for real life girls trying to love Jesus. Get ready for encouragement, truth, and let's be real, a little bit of a hot mess. Is it just me or are Mac and Ken's your new best friends? Let's get into the episode. What's up, guys? It's Josh Durham, back for another episode of the For The Girl podcast. More specifically, (laughs) this segment is called For The Both Of Us, and I'm just excited to sit here with my beautiful wife, (laughs) Ken's Durham. How are you doing today? This is the best you've ever been with the mic. If you've heard throughout this series, Josh likes to go rogue with the mic. I like to go rogue. I like to, I don't don't like to be predictable. (laughs) I like to use my late night DJ voice like this. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Well, we just recorded an awesome episode that you guys are about to hear. It is with our good friends, Sean and Sarah Hansen, and they've only been married for a few months now, but the maturity that they carry in their relationship is so respectable and honorable and impressive and all the things and I really do think it comes through this conversation that we're having it's just through hardship their first few months hasn't been easy but there's been so much growth and joy found in that and you can just see the fruit of it throughout this whole conversation and so I hope it um, gives you direction and uplifts you through through whatever you might be going through I was just gonna say I think on top of that it's also a good, a good lesson on how to be a great spouse and a great partner yeah. to your spouse. Just the way that Sean and Sarah support each other. I think you're going to get a lot of um, a lot of wisdom out of them walking through trials, and they just represent just what a godly marriage really should look like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God is like written all over it. Um, and it's really beautiful. But yeah, if you're listening to this, um, I want to say that, you know, supporting your spouse through hardship could look like a lot of different things in this episode. We're going to be talking about just supporting through some health stuff. You'll hear Sean has walked through some pretty hard stuff with his health and Sarah's been a big part of that. So that's specifically what we're talking about, but hardship for you, and this could apply in so many different ways. It might be you or your spouse going through like big life transition that's been hard. Maybe it's mental health stuff that's been difficult and unexpected and maybe not what you signed up for. Maybe it's relationships outside of your marriage, within family or friends. Maybe it's job stuff, job search, finances. I mean, I know that there's so many different hardships in marriage, so I hope that this episode speaks to all those different areas. This is something that also has been really relevant for Josh and I in our first um couple years you guys have heard me talk about it before but um I've just had my own health journey actually I got through the first year it was like so fun first year feels and then the second year I got pretty sick and it's just been a hard journey and not what I expected and so when we were planning this marriage series I really wanted to talk about it I wanted to have this conversation one because that's just life and it's real like things aren't always so easy and fun and maybe what you picture marriage to be when you're younger and so it needs to be talked about and I just also think that there's so much goodness found in trial and 
strength that happens um, that you'll see in Sarah and Sean. And I think we found true for ourselves. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. Like, I literally like I always say my first year of marriage, I felt like I was like spunky and fun and got ready every day and like was my best self. And then I just felt like I fell apart. And it's probably not true. But then seeing your spouse love you through that is just so, so life changing and so so fruitful so yeah i think that we're gonna learn a lot from sean and sarah in this episode anything else to to add baby boo baby boo do nope don't call me that in public (laughs) josh has loved being on the for the girl podcast right finally getting the limelight i deserve yeah yeah and now if i can just get you on the instagram more often good (laughs) oh my gosh you guys well let's jump into today's episode i'm excited to hear what you guys think okay i am so excited to have you guys on the podcast this is going to be the most fun ever first of all could you guys start by just sharing a little bit about yourself so that everybody listening knows who you are my name is sarah hansen and i'm sean hansen and we both live in Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah, that's good information. It's good information. What else? We got married about eight months ago. Yeah. Uh-huh. We're currently working full-time together in men's specific ministry called Be Unshakable. Yes, it's so exciting. It was previously known as... Bud Ministries. <laughs> yeah, all the ladies this know about that. This is the announcement bad. podcast. Yeah. The new rebrand. Yeah, like a little rebrand action. But if you're a male listening to the For the Girl podcast, you've got to check out <laughs> The Unshakable because it is really awesome. They have resources, retreats, groups, and so many awesome things for men and pursuing their faith. To so be clear, there's not there's no men listening to the Full Girl podcast. <laughs> yeah. But if you have a spouse yeah, or a brother or a boyfriend or a brother, <laughs> that is a man. I think Same what the listeners need to know is I shared before, but Sean and I have been friends since high school and then he moved to Nashville and he has had a crush on Sarah for many of years. And it's kind of cute now that yeah. you guys are married. Sarah was a delight leader yes. back at UNC Chapel Hill. And the white girls is have it all. Um, you know, they, they just do. do. The white girls just do it better. They do. They, they do. do it better. <laughs> um, was, it, was it five years ago? Yeah, it was, it was five, five years ago. Yeah. Yeah. We met Ken, Mac and Ken's. We're like, hey, do you want to come help out at a leadership conference with like 300 plus? strong Christian woman leaders. And I was like, I don't know, let me check my schedule. Yeah, I'm free. <laughs> yeah. Hard <laughs> yes. Hard yes. yes. I will set up those chairs any day. Oh um, so ended up meeting Sarah and she had a boyfriend. So uh, I was like, thanks, Mac. Thanks, kids. Appreciate it. <laughs> Crush. I know. We ended up talking on and off, just being really good friends, honestly, for about like four years. And then yeah. eventually we sent it. Yeah, sealed the deal. Sealed it. <laughs> Being the fly on the wall the whole way through yeah. was really fun. Just glad to see it full circle. Yeah. You made it. Congrats. Yeah. Well, what we wanted to talk about today is walking through hardships with your spouse, which I know has been already only mm-hmm. eight months in, just like a really huge part of your guys' marriage. Sean has developed back pain for many years now 
mm-hmm. and then that has been a huge part of your marriage. So, Sean, could you just first start by sharing just like a little bit of what you're going through, chronic pain, yeah. all the above? Yeah, I'll probably just start with, you know, when we got asked by Josh and Kins to do a podcast and then they said, you know, yeah, it's going to be on. Uh, trials and pain we just we leapt out of our seats we're like yeah we would love to do do that sounds fantastic (laughs) there's nothing else (laughs) but yeah uh i guess the short and sweet is i've had chronic back pain for 10 years now which started during college soccer uh back in 2012 um and just time ago sean that's (laughs) don't age me i just aged myself yeah 2012 you can do the math And then, yeah, I ended up fracturing my lower back in two places and had three spinal fusion surgeries and currently have multiple herniated discs in my neck and I've done it all, you know, uh, epidurals, acupuncture, chiropractic. I've seen probably over 45 medical professionals and surgeons, specialists, and no one can really figure out exactly what's going wrong and Mm -hmm. deal with, you know, probably around seven to 10 scale level pain every single day. So that's been a big part of my journey. Yeah. Yeah. So huge. So what does that look like for you guys as a couple in your day to day? Man, I think it's been uh, it's been a wild journey, honestly, just having only been eight months into this. I think we've both grown so much together already. It just brings you to such a raw place so quickly where you really get to see one another openly and um, just so vulnerable with each other. And it's really just grown our faith so deeply. Sean's been working through this, like you said, for a pretty long time. But for me, it's just been, yeah, just such a, wow, uh, such a deepening, amazing relationship with me and the Lord through it all. Yeah, I guess... You knew that you were marrying someone with chronic back pain mm-hmm. before getting married. Yeah. I guess what were your like expectations versus reality of what your day-to-day looks like versus what you were expecting? Yeah, it's a good question. <clears throat> I think expectations, I, I had, I, I knew the level of pain that he was in just by our conversations and stuff, but mm-hmm. um, really knowing after we've gotten married, just how that is never ending like the Mm. pain doesn't ever stop Mm -hmm. you know it's not like it turns off Mm -hmm. and i think when we were dating i got to see like a glimpse of because we were together like during the day but then you know Mm -hmm. at night we'd leave and in my mind that's like his pain's off but Mm -hmm. to him it's it's ongoing Mm -hmm. and so i think being in it daily now i see that it doesn't end and that's that's hard Mm -hmm. that's really hard Mm -hmm. Um, but at the same time, like I said earlier, it's just, it's grown us so, so much closer together than I think either one of us could have ever imagined. Yeah. Basically, that's how I tricked her into marrying me. I was like, <laughs> it's not that bad. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so walk us through a day, I guess, day in the life of you guys. You guys work together, you're with each other yeah. basically all day. Yeah. And then on top of that, you're, good. there's a lot of pain management mm-hmm. going on. So just walk us through kind of like a day in the life. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to give you a day in life, I think, depending on the pain scale. It looks a little bit different every day, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. The gist of it is a lot of prayer. Mm -hmm. We've had more than we ever imagined. A lot of nights where we're on our hands and knees in our Mm -hmm. living room, crying out to God, 
because the pain's just too much. Mm-hmm. I mean, truly. It's, you know, can be debilitating. Once it gets what I call a bad day, it's mm-hmm. like well, my entire back, all the muscles will seize up. Like a Charlie horse, but your entire back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, that happens, can't really move. So I'm just flat out on the floor and, you know, have to vulnerably be like, oh, wait, this woman that I just married is still here. <laughs> you know, yeah. she, she doesn't leave. Um, yeah. And so, I don't you know, and she's just an angel who sits there and prays over me. And we pray together. And even through our confusion, even when we want to punch a hole through the wall sometimes, yeah. which is a lot of times, actually. Yeah. We're mad at God, but we're still talking to him, which I think he likes. Um, yeah. Like, hey, you might be mad at me, but you're talking to me. And so there's a lot of, a lot of those nights, you know, in terms of day in the life, it's it, it can look very different depending on what what that pain level looks like that mm-hmm. day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What does it look like for you to invite like community and friends into the pain that you walk through? <laughs> <laughs> We're laughing because that's a funny one. Yeah. Hey, Sarah pushes me in a good way. You know, uh, I didn't get married till I was thirty, and so I had ten years from 20 to 30 years old of figuring out how to cope with this myself. And then yeah. I have this amazing one where God move in and be like, all right, we're going to tell people about your pain. And I'm like, ah, I don't know about that. <laughs> it's just like, no, 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 no. You're going to write out every single, you know, treatment and every single doctor that you've ever seen yeah. over the past 10 years. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to send that out to people to pray over. Yeah. She actually did that before I, I did a 80 hour water only fast. Uh, one to pray but to to just decrease inflammation mm-hmm. and so sarah decided to send that out to a lot of our close friends and yeah uh, community including you guys and mm-hmm. and just ask for prayer uh, it was very vulnerable for me mm-hmm. but i think that was kind of one of the big first steps in terms of like our larger community not just mm-hmm. like close guy friends that i've told about my back stuff but yeah, yeah. um asking other couples and families to join mm-hmm. us in in prayer yeah it's been beautiful mm-hmm. yeah um, it's awesome. just been i think um just feeling the well the the fight of faith you know from friends and family has just been such an encouragement and it takes a lot of <laughs> I think sometimes I'm better at it than others in inviting people in because it is, um, you know, you don't want to feel like you're adding on too much to other people. But at the same time, we just believe so wholeheartedly that prayer is just the foundation of everything and Mm -hmm. that it is the power that is going to get us through, you know, and the Lord is, is with us. And I think when we invite other people into that, we really do feel just an increase of faith honestly yeah. yeah and that's been such a blessing mm-hmm. that's awesome yeah. yeah i guess on the other hand too sarah i feel like you are in this supportive role just mm-hmm. as sean is walking through this and i love that like you're pushing him and bringing community into it i guess like what else are you doing as sean's spouse to yeah. just like help in yeah. relieving pain Totally. Being an encourager, like what has that been like for you? I was I was gonna say I was gonna just add because I know there's a lot of probably wives listening to this mm-hmm. who they are trying to support their husband and yeah I, I probably do have a lot of questions of like what is my place in the midst of this? Yeah, it's great. Um, I think it's it's definitely been a process just to find what is the most encouraging and helpful for him. Um, I think very simple things, honestly. I write, he loves notes and words. And so every morning I write him just like 
a pretty much a note or a verse or just a word of encouragement to just kind of start the day off. Mm-hmm. I leave it on our fridge. <laughs> and I think that just really starts off the day right. And uh, other little things that I do, I love to cook him food. <laughs> yeah. uh, but nice. I think I think sometimes that feels like so like simple, but at the same time, I think it's really like, it says it blesses him a lot. Yeah. And uh, so I think it's very simple things, words of encouragement, it's making him food. I think both of those things make him feel really loved mm-hmm. and supported. And then we do work together. <laughs> and so I think we just feel like we're on a team and um, you know, whether it's ministry, whether it's just daily work life, we are building such a foundation as a team together and mm. yeah yeah uh, i love the food i love, <laughs> I love, I love the food i love the notes the, notes. Yeah. I love the, the baked team. goods yeah. i just love the team mindset yeah you guys yeah. Yeah. i think of you guys i think of you guys as a team i never see yeah. you guys apart I feel like that's pretty rare yeah. <laughs> maybe i'll see sarah running around 12 south on her own but that's about it if you spend any time around them you guys are always so full of faith and optimistic and positive towards each other. They just walked in having dealt with like a really huge insurance issue, like a small part of what is attached to chronic pain. And mm-hmm. you guys were on the same team and mm-hmm. talking through it. Is that always the case? Like, do you guys have times where there's tension and yeah. things are frustrating and you get mad at each other mm-hmm. or mad at the situation? What does that look like? Because I know that probably people listening walked through that too. 100%. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't always look happy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think honestly the positive does come out of like our prayer life. Yeah. Uh, we keep harping on prayer. We keep coming back to it, but I'd probably be depressed in the ditch if it weren't for prayer. Mm-hmm. Like prayer became a want and a checklist item for quiet time to like a need. Mm-hmm. And then that became the same for our marriage and our relationship. Mm-hmm. And then the days that we don't pray, I mean, yeah, all hell can break loose. You, know? yeah. Yeah. you just get easily frustrated. And, you know, yeah. especially when you're in a lot of pain, you don't have a lot of patience. You don't have a lot of extra, mm. you know, juice to, to you know, receive things sometimes that are frustrating. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if you don't pray, it's that's the extra weight I think I have on my shoulders too. Okay, how do I support Sarah? Well, mm-hmm. how do I be there for her when... Sometimes I just don't have the energy to get out of bed. Mm-hmm. And that weighs on you as a, as a man mm-hmm. that wants to support his amazing wife. Um, and, um, and so I think, you know, one way that I can do that is prayer. Mm-hmm. I think one way that I can do that is prayer over marriage, but also just prayer on my own and finding mentors and other uh, people to talk through this pain that's not just Sarah mm-hmm. uh, yeah. so it doesn't feel like this is just some massive weight that she has to burden yeah so that I can be there for her as well mm-hmm. um yeah, yeah. that's good yeah. I guess if like just like a tactical thing a tactical question for me I guess is like what does that prayer time yeah look good. like is there a framework that you use mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. it just you know at night at 8 a.m in the morning you just totally. start print, like reading the word like what does that look like mm-hmm. yeah um, I mean, we definitely have our schedule. Yeah, we'll we'll try and pray before every single meal that we have together, mm-hmm. uh, and then we'll always try and have some some Jesus time before we go to bed. Yeah. That could be, you know, us reading scripture together while I'm doing my back exercises, you know, mm-hmm. uh, or us just praying together, turning on worship music, and 
doing some listening prayer for each other, yeah. which is, I mean, sounds fancy, but it's just sitting there waiting on the Lord to speak to us um, for each other, you know, for encouragement or for discernment or direction yeah. or wisdom. And so we try and do that, at least pray together every single night before we go to bed. Mm-hmm. Usually Sarah goes better than I do. And so I'll get in bed with her. We'll pray together. We'll have some time together to talk and catch up. She'll pass out. <laughs> I'll sneak out. Often. <laughs> and get on the couch and read or read a book or watch a show or something. And so mm-hmm. or have some more Jesus time on my own until I can kind of fall asleep. Usually that's just pain induced. But yeah. Yeah. In terms of like and those actual prayer times, they can look different in a lot of ways depending on I don't know, how we how we feel like God's wanting to talk to us that day. Yeah. yeah. And also I think the biggest thing is why we're harping on it so much is because it is just so throughout the day. You know, it's like it's just a constant conversation with the Lord. And yeah. I have another place that I feel like that in the invisible realm that I can support Sean is just through literally intercessory prayer and like praying for him moment to moment, honestly, just to relieve and ask the Lord to help us. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's so real. There's one thing I know to be true is that the Lord is so near to those Mm. in hardship and in pain. You know, he says in the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are the meek or blessed are the weak for they'll be comforted and they'll be so near to the Lord. And I know you guys know that's true. Like, I feel like prayer in the midst of hardship is just right there. He's right there. And so anybody listening to it know that you absolutely have access to that. Hey, you guys, it's Ken's here. I wanted to interrupt today's episode to tell you about Win It Shape Camps. You've probably heard us talk about them before because we are totally obsessed with them and camp ministry, but they are looking for amazing leaders and camp counselors to work at their camps this summer, this upcoming summer. I know we are so far away from then, but they're recruiting leaders. And so we wanted to make sure you knew about the opportunity. Mac and I say all the time that we so regret not spending a summer working at camp. There's nothing like getting to put yourself aside, serving others, learning how to share the gospel, and have so much fun doing it. If you don't know about Windshape Camps, it's actually started by Truett Kathy, who's the founder of Chick-fil-A, which we love. And they have camps all across the country, serving young people, sharing the gospel. And there's opportunities to work in worship, in administrative roles, activities, so much more. So if you're even slightly interested or considering working at camp this summer, we have an interest form in the show notes. So you can fill that out with your name, number, and email, and they will send you some more information. You are not committing to anything or applying or anything like that. You'll just get more information and can start praying about working at camp this summer. I'm so excited about it, and we would really encourage you to do camp this summer. It's got to be good. All right, let's get back into the episode. I know you, you guys done a fast together, like a prayer and fast. And what did that look like for anybody who's considering doing that as a couple? Yeah, um, that was really uh, amazing time. Honestly, like Sean mentioned, the water fast, and we did. I Sean was doing the water fast. I was just doing like juice. 
so that we Smoothies. wouldn't kill each other. So that we wouldn't kill each other. One <laughs> yeah. of us had to have like yeah. at least something. More calories. Yeah. 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 Maybe don't fast completely the yeah. whole time because right. you know you're both gonna be hangry. And, and to be clear, just so that everyone knows, the water fast is where you're drinking water only. You're not fasting from water. Oh, correct. Right. <laughs> make sure that people understand this so you yeah. don't go out and dehydrate yourself. Yeah. Okay, that's, thank you. Thank you, Josh. So true. We are yeah. not responsible for any medical conditions <laughs> after this podcast. <laughs> Sorry, continue. Um, but yeah, that was just a really special time where I felt like we both grew so much in just a few days, and the Lord really showed up in our prayer time, in just being near honestly. And then Sean did receive some relief in his pain uh, after that fast, which was just an encouragement. And it like really lifted our spirits. And um, honestly, it just brought us close to the Lord, Mm. you know, so highly recommend and encourage. Yeah. I have some questions, just one really quickly, but how do you guys process your future and like future plans? And I know for you guys, you don't have kids yet. That's something you desire and want in the future and then also careers and even just like travel and adventure and things like that how do you guys process that in the midst of hardship because i just know that's so relevant for probably a lot of people listening uh, ken's is not holding back with the questions (laughs) (laughs) i mean those are definitely tough ones yeah i think it's tough for both of us Mm -hmm. tough for sarah in terms of there's some things that we just can't do. Mm-hmm. Um, tough for me to feel like I'm ever, quote-unquote, restricting my wife from enjoying life. Mm-hmm. You know, and kids is definitely one for, like, oh, man. Yeah, the simple answer is you just really got to take those thoughts captive and then submit them to God. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, the enemy will twist those and use those to run you crazy. Mm-hmm. And it does make you sad, you know. And so I think... I think part of that process is when they do come up, I mean, I know Sarah processes through running. And so she'll, you know, if we're getting too kind of in our heads about that kind of stuff, it'll be like, all right, we should go for a run, you know? And um, for me, it's going on a walk or, um, you know, smoking a cigar, doing something outside, you know, Mm -hmm. fishing. And um, that's just our way of, I think, clearing our head first because, a lot of that is unknown. A lot of those, mm-hmm. you know, every question you just asked, yeah. right? I mean, those are big question marks. And so they're not really something that we can have an answer to right now. Uh, mm-hmm. Which is tough for me. I'm a big, I'm, I'm a big planner. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, that's tough to just kind of let go of that control. Mm-hmm. And I think the only way to cope with this and a lot of this is, you know, it sounds odd and twisted and backwards, but like, I honestly wish... And hope everyone does go through trial, yeah, uh, uh, individually, but even with their marriage, mm-hmm. because there's just so much beauty in it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I mean, James one two through four, um, talking about approaching mm-hmm. trials of pure joy. Mm-hmm. And it's like if you really think about that and you sit on it, it's so counter to our entire world's pitch. I mean, we're getting there more and more through you know, the Spartan races and the you know the gift of adversity, you know, but. Uh, it's been such a foreign concept of where we normally seek comfort. And this is, we didn't choose this trial, um, but even so, it's been the biggest blessing. 
uh, you know, our marriage isn't, we don't really have a lot of like nitpicky little arguments or fights because we got so much bigger things to handle and to focus our eyes on. And I think with trials, it's like, you don't become too comfortable with this world. Mm -hmm. It's like, I mean, I gotta be like, all right, God, you're either fully good or you're fully not. It's pretty black and white. And it's like, all right, I'm in pain. I, I'm not happy with this world. And now that we're married, it's like, this is our pain. We're in pain. And we're not happy with just what we got right now. So, like, come on. We're ready for your second coming. We want our glorified bodies, you know? And um, so. That's right. Yeah. It's so That's good. good. Yeah. I was literally just thinking about James 1, and I feel like part of that, too, is just how you mature through trials and I feel like you guys both have such a maturity on you guys at such a young age that I admire a lot and I just feel like you're so right like everyone should go through trials and the people that I admire the most in my life have gone through really hard stuff and they've come out the other side just like way more stronger full of faith full of hope and just looking to Christ as their hope and as their savior so yeah. Thanks so much for sharing that. I yeah. thought of everybody just bickering over our life. <laughs> like, no, truthfully, no, like, yeah. uh, does it not feel like everybody's going to Europe? Everyone is going to Europe. Yeah. Everyone but yeah. us. Everybody yeah, but us. Yeah. 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 yeah, totally. But, like, truthfully, I bet if so many couples just think about where their arguments stem from, it's often that that kind of stuff yeah. <laughs> making a True. european itinerary and having throwdowns about it <laughs> and you know here you are sitting at a table canceling those plans and praying together and seeking god and having bigger empathy for each other and things that matter so much and I think that there's a longing in everybody's heart ultimately for what you guys are experiencing, mm-hmm. which is real intimacy through weakness and, yeah. and pain and mm-hmm. until you walk through that, mm-hmm. will you really know that that's true? So it's just so beautiful. Um, I guess another question really quickly, do you guys ever, or how do you fight like the temptation to compare yourself to, to these other couples we might be talking about who are living their quote-unquote best life their european lives yeah <laughs> and when you can't yeah. when you have to cancel social plans you yeah. have to like stay home yeah. or whatever like right. how do you fight against that that comparison totally i mean i think it is human nature to compare unfortunately but at the same time like sean said it's taking those thoughts captive and just submitting them before the lord i think also um it's it's being honest with each other too and just like sharing you know just speaking that out with your with your spouse and just saying like hey this is what i'm struggling with today these are the comparing thoughts that i have and like just confessing that and just being like hey i know we're both in this together and i think it it always goes back to like you were saying the team like just knowing that we're fighting for like us as a team together Mm -hmm. and just diffusing you know just satan's schemes honestly yeah and speaking those out to your spouse and just knowing that they probably feel the same way at some point too but yeah yeah Yeah, i mean it makes you definitely focus on the bigger things that matter 
Yeah, and that's where, I mean, I think I did this the other day. So I was like, what's wrong? And I was like, honestly, I'm just ticked off. <laughs> I'm ticked off because I want to I wanna go to Switzerland. <laughs> She's like, yeah, me too. And I'm like, okay, sweet. Well, I want to be mad about it for a little bit. Right? Yeah. Okay, we can be mad about it for a little bit, you know? Yeah. Um, oh yeah. My dad always said, he's like, you got 48 hours. 48 hours, be a little mad about it, vince about it. And then at the end of that 48 hours, you got to submit it to God. Yeah. And then you got to let it go. Yeah. And I always like that. I'm like, cool. Yeah, we got like yeah. 48 hours. You'd be a little ticked off about it. You know, it's like, it's all right. Like, mm. you know, and that's okay. That's human. You know? yeah. yeah. And then submit it and let it go. Um, mm. And just keep reminding each other, like, all right, best is yet to come. Yeah. All right. Cool. And we, I think we daydream a lot of like, man, I can't wait to the day that I am healed. And the yeah. day that we no longer have this physical pain. Yeah. We're in a, whether that's in heaven or on earth, like, man, we're going to take all the trips that we want mm-hmm. and it's going to be epic. Yeah. And so I think we try and fill those with those, those dreams, you know, some different dreams of like what is to come and what God has in store with us. You know? yeah. yeah. Just as like the last question, just to wrap up, what would you say to a couple right now that's going through trials, maybe in their marriage, in their relationship, um, but just as an encouragement to them? Like, yeah, what would you say? <laughs> that's a big question I think just to take the pressure off like it's not a bad thing mm-hmm. that's what I'd say I'd say if you're going through a hardship or you're going through a trial it's not a bad thing mm-hmm. it all depends on your outlook and how you approach it and how you communicate with each other through it um, but any hardship that you guys are going through you can turn it into a beautiful gift and that's what it, they're communicating in James mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and like Hebrews, I always go towards Hebrews 25 through 29. I, I'm, you know, paraphrasing, but it's we're, we are receiving an unshakable kingdom from an unshakable God, and the only unshakable things will remain. I always go towards that because I'm like, wow, like we have a God that is unshakable. Mm-hmm. And therefore, because of that, leaning on Him, we can turn any situation or trial into something that's positive. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that would be my advice would just be like, Try and ask God, which sounds so crazy and stupid, but try and ask God to change your mindset. Yeah. Like rework your neuro pathways if you ask to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rework the psychology of your mind right now about that trial that maybe this is a positive. You know, maybe you're really struggling to communicate as a couple right now. Um, and working through that on the other end, now you're going to get to help out a bunch of other couples that are struggling to communicate you know yeah yeah i would also just say um you know it's such a process um just just navigating trials is such a process and i think for a while i felt like had to be in either like a really good day or a really hard day you know like being in either boat but at the same time i feel like i'm learning you can hold you know joy and grief at the same time yeah you don't have to it doesn't just have to be one you can be experiencing both you know this is the biggest blessing i think of our marriage but and also it's the hardest and so you can be in both boats and know that the lord is is with you yeah yeah that's That's really good so good oh my gosh you guys gave us so much truth and hope in the midst of hardship and we are just so grateful for your wisdom and just so everybody knows we're we're always praying for healing for for sean and for anybody listening too that is going through something hard 
we want to pray with you. And we believe that the Lord can do miraculous things in his awesome time. So, um, well, we love you for the girl, Sam. <laughs> Josh does too. <laughs> and catch us next week for another episode for the girl. For the Girl Fam, I am super excited about this treat that we have for you guys today. You've already heard us talking about Operation Christmas Child, this incredible organization that both Ken's and I grew up packing shoeboxes. And then it's super fun to now get to partner with them in this season of life as well. And we're so blessed today because we have the incredible Isabella with us today, who actually was a recipient of a shoebox. And she is going to share a little bit of her story with us. So Isabella, thanks so much for being with us. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Oh my goodness, this is such a treat. And I've gotten to hear a little bit of your story, but I'm really excited for the For The Girl listeners to get to hear it too. So let's just jump in. Can you tell us a little bit about what this whole experience for you is like? Yes, so I am uh, originally from Romania, so this is not a certain accent that everybody is hearing here, (laughs) Uh, but growing up in Romania, that is where I received my shoebox gift when I was 13 years old, and that shoebox gift just changed my perspective in so many different Mm -hmm. ways, and so for our audience to really understand it, we'd just love to dig in just a little bit about where I come from and how I grew up so that it's, it's better understood what something so simple like a colorful shoebox gift with ordinary items like school supplies and toys can mean for someone like me. So for me growing up in Romania during communism, we didn't have much. My parents, they worked very hard just to provide the very basics every single day. And that was basically just trying to feed us. And that's about all they could afford. So we didn't have toys. We didn't have things that we really wanted. We just got things that we really needed and it was it was must-haves and so we we were very very poor we didn't have birthday gifts and Christmas gifts I still remember one of my favorite Christmas gifts when we actually got a Christmas gift was an orange in a brown bag and my brother and I we shared it and it was so much fun we loved it we have never had an orange before and so just things like that where we really valued the very small and simple things in life and also another thing in Romania Uh, at that time during communism was the fact that God's name was not allowed in our country. We were not allowed to go to churches. Churches were destroyed by the communistic regime. Uh, We were not allowed to have Bibles. We were not allowed to say the name of God out loud because those things would have cost our lives. And so we lived in spiritual darkness and we lived in poverty. And that is kind of the background where where I am coming from. And really God... It's just an amazing God who works even when spiritually dark places try to block him out. He is not bound by governments and boundaries. He is a God who says so clearly in John 1, 5 that the light shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot overcome it. And that's what he did in my life. When I found a hidden Bible with my brother in the floorboard of our home when I was only seven years old. And so that is how we started learning about who God is when I was seven from a hidden Bible in the floorboard of our little two-bedroom apartment our government assigned us to live in. And then we started going to a little underground church when I was in the fifth grade, 11 years old. And through this little underground church where 
we were risking everything every Saturday night in the dark, going in the darkest alleys to get to this little church. And that is where we learned more about who God is and where I made the connection that the little book in the floorboard of our house this is the same book that the pastor was reading from. And it was this pastor who took me under his wing, uh, just like your goals uh, for the goal, they, you take so many other goals under your wings and you start to disciple them. That's what this pastor did for me and for my brother. And he started discipling us. And that is how we started learning more and more about who God is. But I still didn't understand that God is more than just the character on, this, on the pages of this book that we have been reading. He is really a powerful God who created me and knows me intimately and deeply and knows the desires of my heart. And I will never forget when I was 13 years old, uh, I went to this pastor and I asked him if he could teach me how to pray. Now, this might sound strange that I had been going to an underground church and I didn't know how to pray. Well, this pastor, he advertised this time we had together every Saturday night as story time for children. And so he couldn't pray with us to protect us and to protect himself and the church. So it, it was just basically story time from the Bible and who, what, where questions, and we went home. All he could do is just pray in his heart that God will penetrate our hearts with his word, and we will learn through that who God is, right? And so when I went to him and I asked him if he could teach me how to pray, I will never forget just the simple way he put it. You know, he just said to talk to God like he's my best friend sitting next to me and tell him what's on my heart, what's on my mind, and he will answer. Mm. That's how simply he put it. And I learned on that day just the simplicity and yet the power of prayer. And he asked me why I wanted to pray. And I told him because it's cold outside and I don't like it. And I would like for it to snow. So I wanted to pray for snow because that is the only way we can have fun in the winters in Romania because we didn't have electricity. We couldn't go outside. So the only way that mom and dad would let us go outside and play is if it snowed outside. And so I wanted to pray for snow as a 13-year-old little girl wanting to have some fun that winter. And so he told me, well, God is the only one who can give it to you. So start asking him. And so I started asking God for snow. And I believe that he will give it to me. And I believe that he will give it to me by the next day because my pastor said that God always answers prayers. Mm. And the next day, there was no snow outside. And I just thought, well, maybe I need to pray a little louder. Maybe I need to do it a little more often. I don't know what I need to do differently, but I didn't do something right. But God did not answer that prayer for me for three months. And I was such a disappointed little girl because in my mind, this was God's way to prove to me that he's more than just a character on the pages of this book that we have been reading. And he wasn't coming through for me. And I will never forget the day after Christmas as a 13-year-old little girl, we saw people running on the streets. And in Romania, when people ran on the streets, it meant one thing. There was something at the grocery store. And so we started running, and we were getting ready to get in line and wait in line for whatever it was that we would get on that day. And people passed by the grocery store, and they looked so excited. So we followed them, and we ended up in the center of our little town. And people were shouting, trucks are coming, trucks are coming. And these trucks pulled in, and they opened the backs of these trucks, and they were filled with the most 
beautiful, colorful little boxes we have ever seen. And this lady came up to me and handed me this beautiful, colorful shoebox. And she told me that it was mine and asked me if, I, if there was anything that she could pray with me for. And I looked at this lady in disbelief because no one would ever give you something for nothing in Romania. So why would anyone give me something without me having to give them anything in return? And I looked at her and I asked her if she would please pray with me for snow. And that is exactly what she did. She prayed with me right there and then for snowing, gave me the biggest hug and left me with this beautiful little colorful treasure in my hands. Mm. And I remember just looking around and everyone around me, all the kiddos, they were opening their boxes and they were screaming and laughing. And we have never seen anything so joyful around us ever happen before. And as I opened my little colorful box, it was filled with the most beautiful, colorful things that smelled so good and so new. I still remember the smell of that shoebox. Mm. But these new things, and it was very simple things like markers and coloring books. I have never had colored markers before. And it just blew my mind of why would somebody do that for me without me having to do anything in return. But in the corner of my box was this little thing that I really couldn't tell what it was. And as I pulled it out and I was holding it in my hand, the little boy who was passing me by, he took my hand with his hand and he said to me, you have to shake that. That's how that works. And when he did that and I looked down in my hand, I saw the most beautiful silver snow mm-hmm. in a, inside of a plastic silver and blue snow globe. And in that moment, I knew that God answered that prayer, that this beautiful soul who just prayed with me for just 10 minutes before, and there was my answer. Mm. I knew in that moment that God is not just a character on the pages of that storybook I have been reading, but He is a God who truly hears me and the desires of my heart. And that was the day when I realized that He is so much bigger than just the character on the pages of this storybook. So it was a powerful moment for me, not just of receiving a gift without me having to give anything for it. That brought me so much joy and so much laughter. And I loved everything in that shoebox. But on that day, I also learned that God is so much bigger and He is powerful. And that was the day when I said yes to God, that I will follow Him for the rest of my life. And so I just want our listeners to hear that when you pack a simple shoebox gift, you allow opportunities for children to have things they have never had before, to have joy that they have never experienced before, but also an opportunity for them to know about a God who is all-knowing and powerful and can fully change their life and turn it around. And so I'm so excited for how our audience here for the goal will get involved with Operation Christmas Child, how you are going to go out and pack shoeboxes for millions of children around the world. And as you go out, I also want to tell you, just don't buy snow globes because they're no longer allowed. And I love that God changed my heart through a simple little snow globe 
but I also believe that God has a plan for every single box that mm. any of you will be will be packing this season. Yeah, I love that so much. I love that what feels like such a small step of obedience for us of just like heading to Target, heading to Walmart one night and just like having fun picking out things what then God can do with that, how specific and how God can move so uniquely for each child that receives that shoebox. And I think it's just such a beautiful story, just such a beautiful testimony of God's pursuit of just children all over the world. It just, I don't know, just like warms my heart so much and gets me so, so excited uh, for all the girls that hopefully hear this and go, oh my goodness, I have to go do this. And I have to just pray over this shoebox so much that God will move um, and God will do stuff just like he did in your life. And so, yeah, can you just remind us how do we do this? When do we have to do it by? What does it look like to pack a shoebox? Yes, absolutely. It is one of the most simple things you can do. You just grab a shoebox, either one from your closet. I'm sure that with you know, this is girls, right? We are talking about, we all buy shoes, right? Yes. So we have shoe boxes around our closets. Just take one of those, or you can buy a plastic shoe box. If you go to Hobby Lobby, they have our, our plastic shoe boxes there that have Operation Christmas Child on it. They are fantastic, high quality. Uh, we also have shoe boxes available uh, on our website, or you can grab any shoe box. So do not stress about the shoe box itself. It becomes a beautiful, beautiful vehicle for what you put inside. And then just pray, you know, just like you said, pray about what God will put on your heart for the child who will receive it. School supplies, hygiene items, toys, make it personalized. Write a letter for the child. That means so much to children. Think about something that will make them go, wow. We call those wow items. Like a nice stuffed animal or maybe uh, something like a soccer ball. It brings communities together. It is just absolutely beautiful what God can do with simple items. And then you take that shoebox gift and we want these ready by the third week of November. That is our national collection week. And if you go to our website, SamaritanSpurs.org slash OCC, you can just type in your zip code and look up the closest drop-off location to you we try to make sure you don't have to drive further than 15 or 20 minutes. We partner with about 5,000 churches during National Collection Week, the third week of November. And you can go and drop off your shoeboxes right there at your closest drop-off location. And that is that. You don't have to mail it to us. We take care of it from there. All we are asking you is just pack a shoebox, pray over it, and ask God that He will use it in a powerful way in someone's life. And this year, we are praying for 11 million shoeboxes. And so join us in that. Join us in reaching 11 million more children on top of the 209 million children we already reached with this ministry since 1993. Yes. So what a beautiful way that we can all be part. Wow, I love it so much. Well, thank you so much, Isabella, just for being here and sharing your beautiful story. And yes, for the Girl Fam, head to the link in our show notes for more information and to know where that drop-off point is near you. And uh, we're going to be sharing tons more on social media and all the things. So follow along and send us your boxes as you pack them. We want to send us pictures and stuff. We want to repost those and share because we just believe in this so much. 